Chastain and Cindy are paying attention this morning. <laughs> Playing hooky. And John. And John. I'm just kidding. That was set up, y'all. Don't hold me responsible. I was instigated into doing it. Daniel chapter 3. And before I get started here, well, let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning and ask that you anoint this service. Lord, that this service might bring glory and honor unto you. Lord, I just pray a special blessing on each and every one that's represented here and those that can't be here this morning that are, that are watching uh, via Facebook. Lord, I just pray that, that you would just wrap your arms around them and protect them. I just plead the blood of Jesus over them. Lord, I lift up our prayer requests. Lord, you know each and every need. Your sovereignty is without question. We just ask that you, you would just bless each and every one that's going through the circumstances in their lives that they're going through. And Lord, that you may be glorified and honored through them. These things that I ask in Jesus' name, amen. As we've been talking over the past few weeks, and we're going to continue to talk, I wanted to show you and remind you of an example. And, and this, this chapter here in Daniel, every one of you are, are, are completely familiar with. But there's a couple of things that I want to point out this morning. From the beginning of time, well, not absolute beginning, but throughout history, we have been faced with bad governments. With bad governments. And the first thing we must realize, it, it is... It is because of man's rebellion against God that we have to face and deal with poor governments. Because when he set it up in the beginning, it was set up that he was the only one that was going to govern over us. But because of the fall, and because of our rebellion against him as humankind and man, I mean, how many times did Israel demand to have a king? They weren't satisfied of just answering to God. And, and we're going to see an example here this morning of this, but, but we must first recognize and realize that the reason we're in the position that we're in is because our rebellion against God. It's just what it is. Had Adam not failed, we wouldn't have been in this predicament. Amen? Amen. And we're in, in, we inherited he, or an offspring of him. Okay? So throughout the ages, there's been t times that, that the children of God have, have had to deal with bad government. Bad government. And we're going to see an example of, of that here this morning. And there's, there's one major thing that I want to point out to you. There's provision for the children of God when you're, when you're in the circumstances that we're in. There are provisions. And we don't have to defile ourselves. That's the point I'm going to bring out this morning. We don't have to defile ourselves and succumb 
to the things that the government or bad government wants us to do. Okay? So Daniel chapter 3. And yes, I left my glasses at home. But I'll get through it. I may have to get the old man Bible. In fact, I better get the old man Bible. He's too blind. I'm not that blind. Well, this Bible don't have, it don't have that. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Daniel 3. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold. Now, remember what's going on here so far, okay? Nebuchadnezzar went out and, and got men who, who he was going to teach the ways of the Chaldeans, okay? He was going to, he was going to, he wanted magicians and soothsayers and, and, and wise men. And he was going to teach them the things of the world, basically, and educate them in the things of the world to be what he needed them to be. Okay? And he went and got Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember? Because they were good men. And in, and in chapter 1, Daniel... When, when, you know, when he went and got them and he, he put them over here in this place, he said, now, I'm going to feed you my stuff. You're going to drink my wine. You're going to eat my food and, and all those things. And what did Daniel say? He said, I, I'm not going to defile myself. And he told the, the king's man, he said, listen, you let me, give me 10 days or two weeks, whatever it was. Let me eat and drink the things that, that I know to eat and drink. And you compare me to the men over there that, that you're feeding this other stuff to. And, and if I don't look as good, if not better than them, then you won. But if I do, then, then, then let me continue on my way and what I know is right. Okay? And what happened? They look good. Everything, they look better than those that was eating what the king wanted. Right? Alright. So... Remember that. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold. Now, Daniel's already told him his dream. Okay? Whose height was 60 cubits and its weight 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrations, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials in the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, he has a head knowledge of God. There's, there's millions upon untold millions out there that's got a head knowledge of God, but not a heart knowledge. Okay? There's, there's millions upon millions sitting in the churches this morning that's got a head knowledge of God, but they ain't got a heart knowledge. Okay? Now, Daniel has already told Nebuchadnezzar what was going to happen to him. And he's still going to set up this image. Okay? Kevin's trying to get me to quit using you. But I don't know that it's going to work. My wife and I had this conversation this morning, <laughs> and she said bad habits are hard to break. All right? 
He's trying to stop my scripture at where I'm at so that I don't ask you where I'm at because I get lost. All right. Verse 3. So the satraps and ministrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, and the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image the king Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud to you, It is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony, with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. I want you to understand this morning, there are images, our, this world has created image after image after image that is trying to get you to worship and take your eyes off of God. Just pick one. Just pick one. Sports. That's a great one. How many people you know it's more important to sit at home on Sunday and watch a football game than it is to go to church and worship God? Their life revolves around it. And Satan uses those things to distract, to take your attention off the things of God. Now, I don't have anything against, well, I do right now. I have a lot against sports. It's not the sports, it's the people. But it's not just sports. It's all kinds, of, it's whatever appeals to a person's natural man that they love, their passion. That's why we must be careful. It's okay to have hobbies. I've got them. It's okay to have hobbies. But when those hobbies become your God, it's a sin. They must be kept in perspective and, and in the right relationship and in balance against God and godly things. But I want you to understand that, that our world today, Satan is, is doing this right here that we just read in verse 3 and 4 and 5. And, right there. That's going on. It's alive and well. Verse 6. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. You say, well, that's not going on. Well, yes, it is. Yes, it is. It sure is. Those who are sitting out there portraying this propaganda against the church, against your religious freedom, against your liberties, that's exactly, they're condemning you for gathering here and worshiping God Almighty. And if they thought they could get away with it, they'd put you away for it. What's, that, what's, what's there any difference in what we just read? They would love nothing more than to demand and enforce that, that we succumb to the worldly values that we have here today. And if the church doesn't rise up and stand up and be what the church is called to be, we had that sermon last week, it'll happen. It'll happen. I, I don't know if y'all are paying attention, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's, I'm so excited. I'm seeing openly pastor after pastor after pastor preaching exactly what I'm preaching. 
of all colors and all denominations. Don't be fooled by what the media would like you to believe that we've lost. The media would like you to believe that we're fighting a losing battle. We ain't. We're not. I'm telling you, there is there are churches all over this nation hearing the same messages that you're you're hearing. And it's not from that conference I went to because there was only 352 pastors there. And boy, I'd love to have a map of where each one of them was dotted across the United States. But it's exciting. It's exciting that 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 pastors are waking up. And encouraging the church, the people of God, to be what we've been called to be. We don't, we don't have to, to lay down and roll over and accept what the world is shoving down our throats. We don't have to. Again, I'm not telling you to take your gun and go out in the street and start battling. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you get get your spiritual armor on and get busy and get in your prayer closet and fight this the spiritual way. That's what I'm telling you. Verse 7. It's working, Kevin. It's working. Verse 7. So at the time when all people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, and lyre, and symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore, at the time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to the King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews who you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods and worship the gold image in which you have set up. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? It's happening right here today. This very thing is going on in the, in the nation that you live in. The same propaganda. Then Nebuchadnezzar in verse 13, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So, so they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now if you are ready at the time... You hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image that I have made you good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from all from my hand? Do you realize that that, that we are on the brink of this? 
we are on the very edge of this and that we could be facing these same circumstances. It might not be a fiery furnace, but it would be a prison. be a camp somewhere like they did the Jews. This is real. As real as it's ever been to, to us in our lifetime. But watch here. What examples we have right here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in verse 16 answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. Now, look at their attitude, because this is very important. Okay? This is huge. They didn't say he will deliver us from the fiery furnace. But they said the God in whom we serve is more than capable. They didn't know what God was going to do, did they? We don't know what God is going to do or how he's going to deliver us in this circumstance or any circumstance. But our attitude in these circumstances must be just like this one. We know he's capable. And in that, you can read into that, they were, they were saying, his will be done. Not my will. They're facing going to a fire and, and burning alive. Can you imagine? I can't. But to have the attitude, that is the absolute attitude we must have. Through any circumstance that we're going through, First of all, His will be done. And without a shadow of a doubt, understand that He is capable to deliver us. And you can rest assured He's going to deliver us. That deliverance may be getting to go to heaven. It might not be the deliverance that we want right here in making it through that circumstance, whatever it may be. It, it doesn't mean that we won't suffer None of us think about liking to suffer, do we? Brother Paul was delivered. The perfect deliverance. That's the attitude we got to have in our circumstances. We know God's capable and that His will be done. Verse 18. But if not, look, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. They took a stand on their convictions in Christ. Their godly convictions. They said, it may cost me my life, but I only serve one God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I don't, I don't bow down to your worldly idols. You say, why are you harping on this so much, preacher? I'm telling you, you have got to be prepared for this very thing. You have got to prepare yourself through the Word of God, through prayer, to be able to take this kind of stand. I don't know what's going to happen. Only God does. Because he's sovereign. 
And whatever, whatever he decides is going to happen is going to happen. But I want you to know, as a Christian, you have got to be prepared to stand on his principles and take a stand. They said, listen, if not, let it be known to you. They put him on notice. We do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image that you have created. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in verse 19, was full of fury. I bet he was. And then the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that the heat of the furnace... Uh, he spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. Why would he do that? Listen, Nebuchadnezzar knew who their God was. He knew that only God could tell Daniel what the dream was because the rest of the magicians and, and sorcerers and everything that he had asked said, oh, we, only gods can do that. We, can't, we, we, we don't have the ability to tell you that. Daniel comes through and, and tells him verbatim what he saw in his dream and he knows without a shadow of a doubt who's in control. God. So now he thinks he's going to outpower God by heating it seven, seven times more. I'm really going to cook them. He won't be able to put that fire out. Okay, I, I can just imagine. And he's mad. Satan's just mad, just stirred up in him. I'm telling you, the same thing's going on right now. Amen. The principles of this Bible are from beginning to end. Seven times it says. Verse 20, and he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to blind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the fiery furnace. So now we go, we go not only are we going to heat it seven times more, but we're going to get the strongest ones we have. We don't want them getting away. Then these men were bound in, uh, in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, their other garments, and were cast in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's so hot that the men that put them in the, in the furnace died of the heat. <laughs> I serve an awesome God. Verse 23, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast these three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He can't believe, he can't believe his eyes. You see, you need to be prepared to be cast into the fire. We're not immune to being cast into the fire. And I don't mean literally. I hope it doesn't come to that. 
But we could very well be in a fiery set of circumstances. Does it say anything about there, in there about them fighting back? They walked into that fire with the resolve that God was in control and that he could deliver if it was his will. Talk about faith. Talk about faith. I want you to understand our faith could be tested to this, to, to this extreme. But my God is able. He's able to deliver. If he, if he can save them from a, a, a horrendous heat fire, what I'm in ain't nothing. There's been Nebuchadnezzars from as far back as, I don't know, as maybe Pharaoh was the first one, I don't know. All the way through. Let me give you a secret. None of them won. So the ones that we're, we're facing, they're not going to win either. Every one of us have Nebuchadnezzars in our life. Every single one of us. By the faith and perseverance like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we have nothing to fear. And it ought to be even more resolved for us, as these examples are, to grab hold of the promises of God and the things of God and, and take a stand. And demand that in my life, in my house, we're going to serve God. The one true God. We will not be defiled by the things of this world. We shall not weaken and listen to the propaganda that's going on in this world. But we're going to stand strong on our faith and on the principles of God and serve Him, whatever the cost. We will be delivered. We will be delivered. Verse 23, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to the counselors, Did we not cast these three uh, bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose. Four. Not bound, but loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt and the form of the fourth is like the son of God can't believe his eyes can he can you imagine him standing up there going I, I, I can imagine him being on some kind of platform in his big old whatever going hey there, there, there's four Now, how in 
the world and he recognized the fourth one to look like the Son of God. You ever thought about that? He's seen Jesus before. Because when God shows up on the scene, he's recognized. You ain't got to tell folks. When God shows up on the scene, everybody there knows what's happening. You say, well, I can't relate to that. Well, <clears throat> only exa close example I got, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that God healed Mary Jane. There wasn't a doubt in my mind what took place in Mary Jane. Now, you can have your own opinions of that, but that's mine. When God shows up on the scene, you don't have to tell folks He's here. Even lost folks. I think we can all agree Nebuchadnezzar, he ain't right. Even lost folks know. This, this, this battle that's going on in our country today, the lost folks know who they're battling. But Satan has demented them so and got their minds so messed up that they can win. I wish I could get them all right here and read, read the back of the book to them. They wouldn't hear it. Unless God did a work in them, they wouldn't hear it. But you don't have to tell folks when God shows up. He makes himself known, clearly known. That's why he says that, that no one will go without excuse. There's not one soul on this earth that he does not reveal himself to. <clears throat> You can go to the deepest of deep places, the most remote of remote, and he reveals himself to them. That way they won't be without excuse. He said, look, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they, turn, they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth, it looks like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. It was about time you get right. And he didn't, but he's trying to, I mean, just pride. I can just see him throwing his out, out his chest. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Let me tell you something. I burn sacks at my house and stink like smoke. Think about that for a minute. Not one blemish. 
not the hint of smoke or fire on them. That's the kind of deliverance my God has. That's the kind of deliverance that my God's capable of. Not one hint. Verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who sent his angel and delivered his servant who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies and they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Well, that was a bold statement. It took him witness in God's work Because he didn't have no faith. He, was, he didn't believe. After Daniel had already told him in chapter 2 what was going to take place with his images. We got people in this world in high places right now talking about God and how they're for God and on the other side they're, they're ridiculing and condemning everything that God stands for. You got to be careful. Don't listen to people's words. You better go watch it how they live. You better see the fruits of how they live before you make decisions on trusting folks. The Bible says Satan is walking around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. And I'm going to tell you something. He's got a belly this big. He's eating them up left and right. All but the blood of Jesus. The Redeemer. Not one's going to get away that's not supposed to. Not one will get away. People are, it's crazy how people are, are acting right now. Why? Because they don't have, they don't have a true understanding of who's in control here. They follow this one for a little while and then they run over here and follow this one for a little while and then they think that one's okay. Instead of focusing on God and God's word and God's statutes and living on that. They're just tossed to and fro. Every little whim that comes by, oh, that sounds good, let's go that way. It's pitiful. It's pitiful. But by the grace of God, that's us. But if it wasn't for the grace of God, that would be us. Because there's scales all over their eyes and they can't see. Just like Paul on the Damascus Road. They can't see past Satan's lies. It's pitiful. It's scary. Well, it's not scary, but it's sad. Maybe that's the best word. Sad. 
But you, the church, are supposed to be the light. Supposed to be the light. Be a picture of Jesus in your walk. So I don't influence very many people. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how many people you influence. How many people watch you? Especially in times of turmoil. And see how you deal with it. That they watch to see what where you go cling to. In that fiery furnace. Do you stand on the rock of your salvation? Or do you go get on a lily pad somewhere that's wobbly? And <laughs> you have more influence than you think. Verse 27, and let's see. No, verse 28. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies, that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. You notice he didn't say, Mine now. Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut up in pieces, and their houses shall be made as an as a, as a ash heap. Because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Now he's trying to make a, amends, isn't he? But go back to 29. For just a second. He says, Therefore I make a decree to any people, nation, or language which speaks any amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut up in pieces, and their houses shall be made as an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. No other. But do you sense in there, in that, in that scripture, that he still believes there's other gods? There's one. There's one. It's not this one, this one, this one, and this one's just stronger. But Satan would like you to believe there's multiple. You, the sun god, the whatever, Buddha, the all this stuff. It's all false idols. It's all false idols. We got, we got people that stand behind these things that twist, twist what the Word of God said and create false idols. If you don't believe me, just flip your TV on, watch you a few sermons. You can pick them out pretty quick. We got, we, got, we got men who stand behind these and have enormous crowds for pep talks. Pep 
talks. Motivational speaking. It's to the telling people sin is sin and that apart from Jesus Christ you're going to hell. I mean, that, that's about as clear cut as it gets. It's another form of a false idol. Anything that worships anything or pays tribute to anything outside of the one true God is a false idol. The point I want to make here this morning is in the circumstances that we live in we can't allow the world to, to influence us into defiling ourselves and get caught up into their propaganda. Can't do it. There, there is more propaganda going on right now. And it's not going to, I mean, hey, as we get closer to Jesus' return, Satan's only going to get stronger and better. The things that he uses, listen. Just, just I mean, can you, does it not blow your mind what pops up on your phone? The thing listens to you. Listen, three times this week I've been talking to my wife and I look at my phone and guess what pops up, what we're talking about. What are you worried about the mark of the beast for? Are they already tracking you? Somebody says, I'm not going to take the vaccine. That's your, I, I don't know. I probably won't take it either. This right here is as, as bad as the vaccine. I got one. <laughs> See, that's how Satan works. He uses things that we, that he creates things that, that we, we need and, and we got to have, and it just slowly gets control of you. It eats up more and more and more of your time till it can, so it can influence you more, so that it can distract you more from God. That's how it works. So it'll be something else as we go on. And listen, I'm not down. I, I that's my family. I, I use it all the time. Look at Facebook. I mean, I do it. But I find myself having to keep keep it in perspective. I have to keep it in perspective. And if it's not the phone, it's something else. Television. I, my television. I, I'm. If I wasn't under contract, I'd turn it off. I'm so sick of what it's got. I mean, there ain't nothing you can watch anymore that's even worth going through your eardrums. But that's how Satan works. But we as the church can't let the things of this world, you know, we look at things and we say, oh, man, that'd be, it's nice to have that. I, I can use that. And then the next thing you know, Satan's infiltrated in it. There's nothing wrong with that phone in itself. Nothing about that phone makes it evil. It's the trash that comes out of it. It's the trash that comes out of it. But that's how Satan works. But we as a church don't have to, we don't have to let that defile us and get us off track 
and, and, and keep us from being what we're supposed to be and living and being the, the example that we're supposed to be. And as we continue on, it's going to be even more hard and more hard and more hard. That probably that doesn't sound very English, right? More difficult, more difficult, more difficult to do. Miss Adair would have a stroke. She's listening this morning. Be cognizant of the things going on around you. Don't let the things of this world defile you. It's ever more important that we be upright. That we be upright. And that, and, and that we, our relationship with God is what it's supposed to be so that we have the strength and the courage to stand like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Just bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning thankful for your words. Thankful for your examples in Scripture, Father. That show us how we can overcome Satan and his lies and propaganda. That show us what true faithfulness is all about. That show us where we get our courage and our stamina to stand. And that's through you. Father, I just plead the blood of Jesus over this church. Lord, I ask for a special anointing over these, these next five weeks, what we're about to go through, what, what we're about to, to teach and, and, and show everyone. Lord, I pray that if it be your will, and your will only, that you bring those that need to hear it to this sanctuary. Lord, it's time that the church be the church. We've sat back and rode the wave. And now it's time to get on the battleship. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.